please one of you write me and tell me what I'm supposed to do when you poke me. Should I have some sort of dissonance, if you will, about email exchanging with girls that I made out with in high school? And the really sick thing is, I, I'm thinking of following the mannequin. Oh. Oh, I think I just choked on reality. Oh, that's right, we still do the bitters pill. I know. I know. I know. I know. You think I don't know. Trust me, I know. Uh, hey, it's Dan Class. It's the bitters pill. Uh, you know, a recording made in the, uh, the garage of a, a certified... You know, I don't, can we, I don't want to even start diagnosing myself. That's all I do. You know, as I stand and do the dishes, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'm a stay-at-home, in fact, I'm a, st- what day is this? Holy God, I got to, ah, so I just thought of 30,000 other things I need to be doing. Oh, wait, I forgot to turn off my phone. Hold on, I'll, I'll turn off my phone while we talk. Because God forbid I can have my phone on while I record. No, it's got to feed back on all the, the, did you hear that? That's the phone. Hold on. Can you hold, please? Hold, please. I should learn to say hold, please, with an Indian accent, then maybe you know what I was talking about. You know, where where is the thing that I need the thing? I've, I've rearranged, I have an iPhone, and I've rearranged all the apps to the point where I can't find the, the, like, the settings button. Where is it? Where's the one with the gears, ladies and gentlemen? Clearly, I wasn't ready. To... <laughs> okay. All right, let's start reading off the apps. Here's uh, Sigler's The Rookie, uh, AIM, which I, oh, I just launched, which I never use. Stop it. Stop. Go back. Go back. Uh, I got Shakespeare on here, which I never read. Phone Flicks, which, uh, you know, is for my Netflix account that I never use. I've had Red Belt. I've had Red Belt here for three weeks. Let me tell you, this is what happens with Netflix. See, this is a great way. You don't have ideas for your show. You, you just look at your phone. There's this movie, Red Belt. It's a martial arts David Mamet movie. I know. Martial arts David, right? I'm going, I'm going to kick you. Kick you. Kick you. I'm going to kick you. Now. Block now. Now. Now is when you should be blocking now. Well, I, had it from, I got it from Netflix. And I'm the only one that wants to watch it because they, they still haven't, you know, and I... Listen, the top of my queue... I love you, Netflix, but the top of my queue, attention, Netflix, the top of my queue is Burn After Reading or whatever the Coen Brothers movie is. Now, that's been at the top of my Netflix queue, people, for, for since it came out on DVD. And whenever it's time to send me a new movie, you send me queue number two, queue number, video number three. Why can't you send me the... Gold Dern Cohen Brothers. And what really makes it irritating is, you know, one day I, I got fed up because I wanted to rent something for the kids and all I had was Red Belt in the house. So I go to Blockbuster and I walk by where Burn After Reading This should be. And I'm thinking, well, they're never going to have Burn After Reading This. And Netflix hasn't sent it to me for a month and a half or two months. Why would there like 15 copies? So, dear Netflix, what does a guy have? Do I have to to take everything else out of my queue and just leave in the Coen Brothers movie? Is Is it that hard? So, I have Red Belt. And this is so just the way my life tends to work. So, I have Red Belt. This David Mamet 
Mamet, Mamet, David, Mamet. Karate movie. Brazilian jiu-jitsu movie, to be precise. In my house for three weeks, and I'm going to watch it, going to watch, and, and I, you know, was asking some uh, friends online and friends offline, have you seen uh, Red Belt? Some people said it was pretty good. And I'm like, all right, tonight I'm going to watch it. And I, you know, and tonight came, this was Saturday, tonight came and I, I don't think I'm going to watch, you know what, I'm not in the mood to watch Red Belt. Uh, I'm going to see what's on cable because, you know, we pay for that too. Well, what's on cable? Yeah, that's right, Red Belt. So I end up, I've had Red Belt on DVD from Netflix in the house for literally, it's probably even a month. And what did I do? I watched it on Stars. I watched it on Stars, but I, I missed the first 10 minutes on Stars. So I watched the whole movie and then I went into the bedroom and watched the beginning of it uh, on demand. All right. Uh, what's that? Matt, the first Max QuickBook. I'm going back. We're back to the iPhone. We're looking for settings. A WordPress app that uh, doesn't seem to work for me. Evernote, which I don't have the right system for. Boy, I've, oops, I just pushed something else. Darn it. Yes, it's 9.30 in the morning. Stop it. Phone Saber. That's good. If you ever want uh, to have a heart attack, put Phone Saber on your phone and hand it to a nine-year-old boy, and he'll shake your phone around like crazy with absolutely no regard with that, uh, for how tight he's holding it. Okay, seriously? Uh, I'm... I'm going to have to put you on hold because I, in all seriousness, apparently cannot talk to you and find the stupid settings button on my phone. All right, that's it. Excuse me. My God. I'm back. I'm back. I, I finally found it. I don't... <sighs> okay, let's relax. See, what I love about the iPhone is you can download all these apps. You know, that's what they're advertising now, all the apps, you know. And then also you can bookmark a web page to be on your the kind of home page or whatever they call it of your phone. What ends up happening is you've got 18,000 little buttons on your iPhone. And the only way to organize them, and, and and you know I love Apple, and you know I love all their products, and God bless you, Steve Jobs. But guys, you got to work this out. There's got to be a way for me to organize these apps through some sort of desktop application on my computer. Because when, what you do is you, you push the one of the buttons until it gets all jiggly. And it gets wiggly. It's so cute. It gets wiggly. See, but you've got like, and I've, and without exaggerate, one, two, three, four, five, six, I have seven pages on my phone. Seven pages of, of web app and iPhone apps buttons. And you, you push on one until it gets all jiggly. And then it gets jiggly. And then you have, you can drag it around. But you, to drag it around, you got to, and then you drag it to the next page and then it, they're all wiggly. Everybody's wiggly. And then these got to move out of the way for the new one. And it's hard because it doesn't, each app button, they don't really, really honestly want to go to a different page. So for you to drag a brand new app, which is on the last page, over to your little page where you're trying to kind of consolidate all your kind of social media stuff or all your music stuff or all your whatever stuff, it's a pain in the ass. I need somebody, please. This is the iPhone app that you need. The app where you go into the app. Listen, Game Coder Z85, whatever your code name is, Paul. This is the app that we're going to work on, brother. An app or a desktop app where I can just log in and go, listen, this is my eight pages. Can you just please sort them this way? Next time I sync the stupid phone. 
I don't have time. I got to do laundry. I got to do dishes. I got to make some cash. I, I don't have time to try to organize my iPhone apps. It's not a good use of what little time and sanity I have left. All right, let's get on that right away. Now, all right, I need to say something to you very specific. Very, I need to, okay. My name is Dan Class, and I am a Diet Coke addict. It has been, what day is today? I'm recording this on a, on a well, shoot, if I hadn't turned my phone off, I'd know what day it was. Is it Wednesday when I'm recording this? I'm recording this on Wednesday. Okay, so I have not had a Diet Coke in Tuesday, Monday. Did I have one Sunday? Yeah. Okay. I haven't had a Diet Coke in two days. I'm, I'm trying to earn a chip, a Diet Coke chip. Now, listen, I have nothing against uh, Diet Coke per se, Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola company, uh, subsidiaries thereof, fine carbonated American beverages that have uh, infiltrated the entire world culture. I have no problem with the red and white taking over the world and uh, rotting the guts uh, and minds of people everywhere. I, ha- I don't care. I'm a capitalist. If that's what you can pull, listen, if you can pull that off, go, go, go for it. The problem I have, and it's me, the problem I have, Dan, I'm not saying you have this problem. I'm saying anyone else has it. I'm saying I, I, okay. Diet Coke makes me evil. It's that simple. Now, it's not an easy thing to face, but this is what happens. See, when, uh, you know, it's been a year or two. See, for a long time, I did not drink anything with caffeine in it. For a long time. Now, I love it. I love caffeine. I drank coffee till I had a stinking ulcer in college. I mean, just coffee and no sleep and ulcer, and there it was. And I continued to drink coffee, you know, on and off for, for many years after that. But then, you know, I had my blood sugar situation, which was basically... I was becoming a, 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 I think prig is a real word. And you know the word I would be using if I wasn't saying prig? It's it's a very similar word. But some of you get all crazy on me when I use the dirty talk. So I'm going to say prig. Could you look it up on your iPhone? I had to turn my iPhone off because of the feedback. I think prig, I think we're in the same ballpark meaning wise. But basically, if I eat improperly too much sugar... I become a prig. And if I have caffeine, that would speed up the metastasization, doctor, metabolization, the breakdown, the, the, the ebb and flow of the sugar, the spiky, spiky and the crashy, crashy of the sugar. And I become like uber prig. So one day I went and we've talked about this before I had my glucose tolerance test. I barely survived that. Hey, let's test if you have hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, by having you drink a big syrupy drink and then uh, fast. And then we're going to wait until you freak out. And whatever time you freak out, that'll give us an idea of how freaky freaky you get. Wow, very scientific. So glad that 20th century medicine was just so advanced. Okay, so basically my doctor at that time said, listen, buddy, you need to not eat uh, the sugar. And uh, too many of the carbs, you got to back off of that. Maybe some vegetables would be good for you with some protein. 
and just relax. And then the caffeine, if you're having trouble with that, you got to back off. So without exaggeration, I didn't drink anything with caffeine at all for, I mean, baby, it could have been 10 years. I don't know. Uh, I've kind of lost track of, uh, yeah, let's say 10 years. Okay. And I know, and I mean nothing. I, I mean, no green tea. I wouldn't, I didn't even drink decaffeinated tea or decaffeinated because I would drink decaffeinated coffee. Well, no, maybe every once in a while, a little decaffeinated coffee, but I'd be like, mm, there's caffeine in this. And I write it. Or I would drink it maybe for two days and go, no, I can't do this because it's not working because it's, it's not working out. But then this thing happened where I would start to, um, you know, be driving home with tea from preschool about a year ago. And for those of you that have been listening for a while, you remember this, right? I, I would start to take a little nap while I was driving her home. And I thought to myself, you know, Dan, maybe you taking a nap while you're driving uh, is a bad sign. You know, a, a stoplight really isn't of the duration where you shouldn't be able to just sit there and, and wait for it to turn green. Now, maybe I've maybe I've had sleep trouble my whole life, and we'll get back to the, the Facebook thing in a second. But through Facebook, my my high school discovered Facebook about six months ago. And so there's this fairly steady trickle of old classmates, friends, acquaintances, complete strangers that claim that we were in school together, friending me on Facebook. And it's really awesome. And, and you get to you know connect with people. And so this uh, female friend of mine from high school who uh, I think sat behind me in English our senior year, at least for a couple semesters, uh, you know, she and I were uh, text chatting or, you know, sending messages back and forth. And she reminded me that one of her uh, roles, apparently, as a senior in high school was to keep me awake in English. Now, I had forgot. See, I forgot that I had any kind of sleeping situation in high school. Like, I do not remember falling asleep in English at all. I distinctly remember all through college really dozing off in every class I ever attended. I And I don't know if I found it boring or just sitting still. I can't handle it. I mean, at a certain point in college, I just stopped going to class. For the most part, if I didn't have to be at the class, I would, I'd check in every once in a while. But I'd buy the book and get the syllabus and get out the highlighter and I would study in the, you know, I'd show up for midterms and finals and stuff like that, but it wasn't working out. Now, you might say that I had narcolepsy. Maybe I should have mentioned this to a doctor. I think to this day, all the things that I've ever mentioned to a doctor, I've never been tested or discussed in any way the possibility that I have narcolepsy because I, I got too much else going on. So when I started realizing that it, I was consistently dozing at the wheel, I, uh, I, I started in on the Diet Cokes. Begrudgingly and slowly, my wife would have, at some point, my wife decided that keeping a few Diet Cokes in the house wouldn't be a bad thing. And she'd have one before she'd go out running or whatever, right? And you know how this story goes. One a day became, or one every so often became one a day, and one a day quickly became two a day. And I'm at the point now where 
And it's like everything. It's like me and alcohol. If I have zero, I'm okay. And if I have one, I got to fight the second one for the rest of the day. And if I have two, I have four. So, but I finally noticed that if I don't have Diet Coke, I'm not such a prig to the kids. Listen, kids are taxing. Kids are tiring and they'll test you and push your buttons and they know they know when they can screw around and they don't really screw around then and they know when they can't screw around that's exactly when they want to screw around. My kids are loud and wild indoors and then I kick them out of the house, I make them go outside and play and they're so reserved and quiet and polite it's driving me nuts. And they love to push each other's buttons and do that, you know, and, and if I've had the Diet Coke, it just doesn't go well. Daddy just, right, and that with tension, you know, other stuff going on. So I'm off the Diet Coke, so I literally, I have to commit to this now. Like I say, I'm two days in. But I got to tell you, and it's not even just caffeine. It's Diet Coke. Or probably all soda. So like right now I've got one of my icy, icy green teas that I make here from with my green tea I get at Costco. $12 for 60,000 bags. And um, it gives me enough energy to get out of the house and into this, to the garage studio here where we're recording this, this my dulcet tones, but not enough to go crazy. Now, why, Dan, then, if you've, you're doing so well in your two days of Diet Coke recovery... Where have the shows been? Well, I'll tell you, my friend. See, I used to have this fantasy. About a year ago, many of you may remember, I had this little fantasy. Maybe you didn't know it was a fantasy at the time. But I had this little fantasy, and this was my fantasy. My fantasy was, hey, you know, Dan, you you do this uh, podcast thing, and, and it is a certain amount of work. Wouldn't it be fan-stinking-tastic if you could just finally... Do what you seem to be very well suited at and just do this podcast, but have some of your other kind of, some of your financial burden lifted by doing the podcast. So I had the fantasy that this show would go premium, which it did. And you know that because uh, you know that. Who else knows better than you? And I had this fantasy that uh, a certain percentage of the audience would come with me and I knew a certain percentage of the audience would not go with me but I was open you know 10 percent 20 10 15 let's let's split it 15 I was maybe hoping 15 maybe 20 could, could 20 could I hear 25 no it's not realistic okay let's say 10 to 15 percent but if 10 at that time if 10 to 15 percent of the audience came with me Holy cow, how great could the show be? Because I would then have to stop worrying and working at getting work. I could just do the work I have. See, because I have some work. There's work that I have. And as it comes in, I could just do that, and then I could focus on the show, and then we could really, it would just be so much better, and that would be my job. My job would be the podcast. This show, this program, The Bitter's Pill. And then maybe it could, I could, use the fact that I can focus on it that much to then eventually, uh, you know, poo-poo can, 
this whole premium thing somehow. I don't know how. But that was my fantasy. My fantasy was, listen, I'm going to go premium. A certain amount of people, not everybody, that would be too much to ask. Obviously, that's ridiculous. But a certain, you know, relatively uh, uh, whatever number of people would come. And then I could focus, and then we Okay. Well, a certain percentage did come. But not, not 10%. No. Okay. Okay. So, so now we've got this weird situation where I have to work. See? I, okay. I, I am a soccer mom. And I got to work, like, while the kids are at uh, school. And so, sometimes the work comes, and sometimes the work doesn't come. So, the fantasy is over, right? The work If the work comes, I got to do the work. Well, for the last two weeks, I've had the work. I've had the work, and it's been a lot. It's been, like, a big thing, a big job. I was doing these videos for uh, Melissa's company, my wife's company, because who else is going to hire me but my wife? Because thank God she's still just delusional enough where we're still married. If this woman honestly ever came to her senses, uh, I you know who knows where I would be. I, I got to tell you. Now, so we were doing these videos and it was great. This uh, great writer wrote these great little videos and we did these videos for this big BMW uh, meeting. But it was two weeks worth of solid, like, butt-grinding work that was, I mean, it was full-time. So basically, see, I'm, I, I really don't have time to work full-time, but I have to work full-time. See, when the kids are here, then I got to be a dad, too. It's weird. So that's where I've been for two weeks. But literally working, you know, work solid the moment I drop the kids off. Until the moment I go get them. And then the moment that they can stop staring at me all the time, asking for things like food and being bathed, dressed, all that, you know, uh, back to work until I couldn't, you know, see, basically couldn't see straight. So, so that's the situation. But, but, but then the bad thing is then, then this thing, this suffers. And I'm way behind. And, and it's gotten to the point where now people are writing emails. And I have a couple complainers. I'll, I'll be honest with you. And you know who you are. You love being a complainer. Uh, and, I, and I've stopped taking it personally because you you're enjoying yourself so much. But um, when people that I know aren't complainers are like, dude, are you okay? Then I know, uh, think, right. So basically what's happened is I'm not keeping up again with my side of the bargain. This four-month bargain that we struck, it's not working out. But I can't, I can't pull the plug on it either. So what I would like to do is I'm going to throw a few, uh, I'm going to throw a few archive shows at you and hope that that keeps you quiet. I'm going to be real honest with you. That's what's happening. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and try to convince. Right? Listen, I'm going to pull some stuff out of the old archives and throw it down the uh, pipeline. And hope we, we can get back on some kind of schedule. Because, um, well, you know, I mean, may, I mean, does your life do this? Are you still too young, maybe, where this doesn't? First of all, where did we leave off 
Okay, let, let me update you on a few things. And, I, and I, I, trust me, I wish I could do the show every week because I wish this was all fictional. See, if any of this was fictional, my friend, I could do this show every week. If I was a writer and this was all bullcrap, I would give you a show every week. Every week, you just download, hey, the bitter spill, and today, I, about whatever it would be, and, that, and, and it would work out. But this isn't fictional. So let, let's let's go back. Okay, so remember I had the alarm problem and I got the thing from the cops saying, uh, give us $215 or whatever and you got to go to alarm school. Oh my gosh, when is alarm school? I got to check that. I, I, when is alarm school? I think it's in, a, I think it's next week. Oh Jesus, I got to go to alarm school next week. Well, that's still going. But now, here's the thing. They said, no, you don't have to pay the fine if you, if you sign up for alarm school. So I signed up for alarm school, and now I'm getting things from the cops saying, hey, your payment's late, jackass. Now, remember, I was having zone nine trouble, so finally I had a guy come in. Did I even tell you this? See, if I start repeating myself and I don't realize I repeat myself, then I'm really going to just have to <laughs> go back to the Diet Cokes. Um, so I had another guy come to check the alarm. Because I was having zone nine, this non-existent zone nine was beep, beep, beeping all the time, particularly in the middle of the night. So this guy comes, he checks all my zones and he really knows what he's talking about. He seems to, and he's showing me the way he's checking them and it's all making sense. And he's basically tells me, sir, your wireless uh, thingy, your wireless receiver inside the box is dead. It's not working. And that's why it keeps triggering this beep, beep, beep of zone nine. So you, what you need to do is replace the wireless receiver in your alarm uh, system box thing in the closet. Okay. How much is that going to be? $350. Now, uh, I mean, okay, L listen. Um, there's crime in my neighborhood, but not that much. It's a little petty crime. I have a really paranoid neighbor that sends me all these emails about what goes on. You know, every once in a while a car gets broken into or somebody gets conned or someone breaks into a house through the backyard or whatever. But you know, we're home all the time. No one's going to come here and try anything because there's always someone here. And because there's always someone here, we don't need an alarm system at all. So when the guy goes, ah, sir, that's going to be probably about $350. Should I do that now? No. I got to talk to my wife about it. I got to wrap my head around it. I got to rationalize to myself whether or not we even need this stupid alarm. Because all the alarm really does is is irritating. I mean, honestly, if you try to break into someone's house and they have an alarm, it just makes a, a horrible screeching sound that if you wore earplugs, you could just go in and take everything and run out. And the cops, it's not like the cops are invisible and then the alarm goes off and they turn into a visible officers and then they arrest people. They don't have teleportation, nothing like that. So they have to drive from wherever they are. It's ridiculous. So I put the guy off and said, no, 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 no. So he puts it all back together and assures me that um, I'm not going to have to pay for that visit because it's a second visit. Or no, I tell him it's a second visit. You don't, you don't bill me for this. The guy said, okay, well, just sign here. What I... So now I'm getting bills that I don't even understand from the alarm company. But I haven't had a zone nine failure since the guy was here. 
You know the broken receiver, the wireless receiver? I haven't had a Zone 9. Did he leave it offline, maybe? I don't know. All I know is I don't care. I just don't care. It seems to be working fine. Everything is, you open it and it goes beep, beep, beep. Everything's working. So I don't see a problem here. But now I got to deal with that. I got to deal with the cop thing. I got to deal with the zone, right? The thing, the thing, there's always something. It's tax time. We applied for some sort of financial assistance things, which was great. That took up a lot of time. But now I got to do taxes. Tax time. I got to do taxes again. You got to put me through this humiliation again this year. Is a year already gone that it's already time for me to take it in the nuts? Apparently so. Yeah, Facebook is weird. Well, not Facebook is weird. Facebook is Facebook. Well, Facebook is weird. Facebook is weird because um, because I, I don't want to be poked. I've told you this before. I don't want to be poked or super poked. I don't know what that means. Why are you poked? I mean, honestly, someone and I'm not. I'm not even saying this trying to be uh, funny or anything. Please, one of you, write me and tell me what I'm supposed to do when you poke me. I'm not joking. When you poke or super poke me, what is what does that mean? Am I supposed to poke you back? Are we in the back of the bus in junior high? What am I doing? Listen, I'm a grown man. Do you got something to say to me? Even if it's, hey, dude, where's your show? I mean, I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather you complain about the podcast than just poke me. I don't know what that means. Use your words, honey. But like I said, Facebook has gotten weird. The Facebook experience has gotten weird for me and and Twitter too. And and one of the listeners to this fine program brought that up recently. And I was trying to find, was it Dave, Dave T from London? I, I was trying to find, I think he sent me a message on Twitter and I couldn't find it. And his message on Twitter, I think it was on Twitter, maybe it was on Facebook. It's so confusing now because I, of course, now I have to get you know messages from 15 different places, getting messages from Twitter, from Facebook, from LinkedIn, from MySpace, from my actual email, the email that goes to pilldanclass.com, and the email that goes to danclass, danclass, DK danclass, and Jack and me, just could you just send me an email. But he was saying, oh, you know, you, you, uh, I, re- I remember when having a Twitter account was kind of cool and now everybody has Twitter. And he was complaining because he didn't want to get Twitters from, um, and I, maybe I'm confusing two things, but he didn't want to get Twitters from politicians because he figures, you know what, instead of Twittering politician, maybe you should be working this out. Now, I like to believe that the politicians uh, aren't Twittering at all. That their assistants are Twittering or their assistants assistants. They hire someone who's the chief uh, executive officer of Twitter. And they're the ones Twittering. If you don't know what Twitter is, then, you know, I I don't know what to say to you. Just go to Twitter.com or go Google Twitter. Go to the New York Times and search Twitter. I, I can't explain. I cannot explain everything to you. I know the Twitter. See, from the politicians, I get that. I don't want to get, you know what, you know who's following me now? And you know why they're following me? Because they want me to follow them. I'm being followed by a mannequin from Old Navy. That's right. On Twitter, 
I'm being followed by a mannequin from Old Navy. Why? So I'll follow the mannequin. Why? So they can send me coupons, essentially, through Twitter. And the really sick thing is I'm thinking of following the mannequin. Because the truth is, I want to know what's on sale at Old Navy. Now, why don't I know what's on sale at Old Navy? Because I don't go to Old Navy that often. So I don't go to Old Navy unless I really need something. And by the way, I should probably go to Old Navy because I really need something. But And because I don't read the newspaper anymore. I don't go through, I don't even go through the Sunday paper now looking at all the ads for Old Navy and uh, Best Buy and uh, Target and all that stuff. I don't do it. So they got to come to me now. So now mannequins are, are sending me coupons on Twitter. And everybody from my high school is now befriending each other, which I think is awesome. But I got to say, now, when I was in high school, let's back up. Wow, how far should we back up? I can't even decide. Well, listen, I became interested in young ladies at a tender age. Like full on and officially about 10 or 11, about Hudson's age. (laughs) Oh, oh, I think I just choked on reality. Oh, that hurt me. Okay. Where am I going with this? Oh, yeah. So I I became uh, interested in in the ladies at a tender age. And um, I never, you know, I'm not, I was never the guy that wanted to prove himself out on the football field or even when I played baseball, I wasn't really, my, my self-image, my self-worth was never tied up in baseball. Um, it was drama club and chicks, drama club and chicks, drama club and chicks, not in that order. And you know, I had my first girlfriend when I was about 10 or 11. You know that, right? Heather Armstrong. If you don't know that story, search the pill. So yeah, Heather, she was an older, she was older. She was two years older than me. I think I was 10 and she was 12 or I was 11 and she was 13. I don't know. Something basically like that. A year or two older. I think two years older, Heather. Oh, Heather. She looked kind of like, you know, kind of Marsha, kind of Jan Brady, kind of in there, blonde. I think she really ruined blondes for me after that. I really just, the whole blonde thing, just, she crushed me. We were very involved. We were very, we thought we were very involved. We were very involved, but we thought we were really very involved. Are you clear? I don't have to, how much of this do I have to spell out that even at like 11 or 12, 11. No, because by 12, we'd broken up. So I'd say by 11, we thought we were very involved. Turns out we were quite wrong, actually, but we thought we were very involved. But my, but, but anyway, where I'm going with this is this. When I was in high school, I, 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 to be very honest, listen, I still had hair then. You understand? I still had hair. I was very thin. My hair feathered. It was perfect, like perfect feathered kind of late 70s, early 80s. Feathered helmet of hair. And I was very thin. And then, you know, 
And 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 basically, so my mo was, I needed girls to like me. Now I didn't care if they liked you. It wasn't like, I didn't have to take girls from you. I just needed them to like me. And so, when that is really one of your main, main, main objectives in life, really honestly, you make it happen. It's one of the few things in life that I've actually. Um, ever was that committed to. But hence the blow-dried hair and, like, you know, the the tight corduroy boot cut, you know, with this and then that, in my own kind of weird, quirky, not-athletic drama club kind of way. I mean, don't get me wrong, I didn't have it down to any kind of science. It was science, you know, science in the suburbs of Rochester in that period in history through, through the maniacally insecure brain that is me. And I, but I did end up having the opportunity to get to know a lot of really nice young women and really could have had probably very nice, mature uh, teenage relationships with several very nice, lovely, smart, bright, funny uh, young women. And with a couple of exceptions, I, I really didn't go that way. I did have a girlfriend or a couple girlfriends or whatever. I did it like little, little uh, you know, relationship ets. But it was a lot of chasing. You know, it was like just weird. Like, gosh, what could I have accomplished if, you know, <laughs> if I could have just maybe not been so uh, like that. But that's youth. You know, when you're 17, 18, 16, whatever, whatever, listen, you, you Looking back as an adult, you kind of got to, you know, you got to cut yourself a little bit of slack, I think, because I was only 16, 17, 18 years old, very immature. But see, so what used to happen in the 90s, let's say, is you would every five years go to a class reunion. And knowing you would go to a class reunion, you'd kind of steal yourself. You know what I mean? You'd like, you'd go. I'd have to go far. You'd go, you'd get, you'd hang out with your friend friends, your super friend, like tight friend, guy friends. Be like, holy cow, we're going to see this person and this person. You, you study your yearbook, you cram like it's a, an exam. You go through the yearbook like, who's that? Who's that? Oh, I remember. Okay, 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 do that. And then you go in, you'd get it done. You see some chicks that you got, you know. You see people that you never went out with, see people you shouldn't have gone out with, see people you made out with, see people you shouldn't have made out with, see people that you really wanted to make out with and just never did. And then at a certain point, you you kind of stumble your way out of there and you're done. For five years, you're done. And then, or maybe 10 years, you know, listen, it could be 10 years. And when I was in high school, I was very good at showing up at a party, a little late, go, hey, shake a hand, shake a hand, pat a butt, hug, hug, whatever. And uh, if I didn't have anything serious going on or I wasn't trying to make some kind of play, I was out. And that kind of bob and weave, you know, and go works. Get in. You're, I, I, basically, it was Ferris Bueller. I would go in, Bueller, Bueller, you know, I'd go in. And, and if it wasn't happening and it was gone, I'd drive around by myself or with my friends. But then the last class reunion I went to, 
<coughs> which, uh, holy cow, was I think my 20th. Oh, geez. I know. I, I try not to think of how old I am, too. It was great because a lot of that, you know, in high school, you know. You know, you got the jocks and the freaks and the cheerleaders and the drama geeks and the band geeks and these geeks. That well, by, by after by the time twenty years have gone by, honestly, a lot of that stuff just who cares? Listen, you know what I mean? I'm 38. I don't care anymore. That was 20 years ago. How have you been? You look great. You look fat. You look bald. You look handsome. You were a geek and now you're cool. You were cool and now you're a geek. You were a geek and now you're a biker. You were hot and now you're a bodybuilder. Like what? what right? You don't know. It's like sky's the limit by the time 20 years have gone by. But it's only now that any random high school person can just email you because you've put yourself out in this social networking site. And I love it because I love getting in contact with old friends, old acquaintances, people that I barely knew. That may, hey, you know what? Maybe we're going to be better friends now than we were 25, however many long years ago it was. But... See, I never know because I feel guilty about certain people, girls, I'm going to be honest with you, with certain, you know. I Like, where do you take it? Because I feel weird because I, I, I how do I even put this? Like, should I have some sort of dissonance, if you will, about email exchanging with girls that I made out with in high school? I should probably, like, Right? I mean, is that weird or not? Because obviously I'm not going to fly to Rochester and make out with them again and then fly home. I have no desire to make out with them again. I'm married, happily married. As long as she's willing to be happily married, I'm, you know. But it's still, like, am I just being immature again? Still? Is it still the 16-year-old me like, well... What do I, okay, she just sent me a friend thing and I accepted, but now I have to write her. What do I say to the girl, like, to her? Should I apologize again? Should I apologize for the first time? Should I bring up the fact that I broke up with her by basically just stopping to call because somebody else, she went on vacation and when she came back from vacation, we were just no longer uh, seeing each other? Should I apologize for that or is it kind of too late? What what is the uh, you know statute of limitations on a bad breakups and uh, really just faux pas ridden relationships? Dear Sally, how have you been? Listen, I know it was a long time ago, but remember that time that you thought we were going to uh, Jill's party? You thought we were meeting at Jill's party, and when you got there, I was already there, and I was already making out in the bushes with uh, Brian's sister. And you remember that? And you took the punch bowl and you tried to throw it on us and I dived out of the way and it got all over Brian's sister. Do you remember that? I am so sorry. Do you say that? I mean, at what point do I no longer feel like I need to say things like that? Because I don't, I don't honestly know. And then, and then, and then with girls like, and then what do you say to the, to women that are actually like sending you a thing like that, that wouldn't go out with you? Cause you've got a different thing for them. 
See, it's one thing if you got together and you know maybe made out, or you were supposed to go to a party, you didn't go to a party, you went to a party, made out, and you break, or didn't even go out, you broke up, or you didn't break. Up. What about the ones that you're like, will you go out? No. We well, how about now? No, no, no. They and they turn you down. You know your entire senior year. But you're still kind of friends because you were friends for a long time. But, but what do you say to them? Like, hey, so, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, how have you? How are you? <laughs> what? What's going on? You're emailing me. You know that I liked you in high school. You knew I wanted to go, or rather, and 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 that's the thing too is you know. Oh, look, I'll be really honest with you. A lot of the girls. How, how do I? Because I don't want to. I, I don't want this to sound like I'm putting them down because it's not that at all. It's the mentality of a of an immature teenage boy. Because because. When I was younger or when I was a kid or before I, when I moved back from England to Rochester or whatever, feeling very kind of out of place and insecure. And here are all these kids in this school. They've all known each other. All these kids were born in this town. Little did I know at the time, 90% of them would live in that town as adults. I had no idea, but, but I land as a 13-year-old. I don't know anybody and they all know each other. I talk funny because I've been living in England for three years. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Ah, la, 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 la. You know, tragic, man. And maybe I just never let go of that. And so it got to this point where my attraction to girls was based, it was this mixture of how good looking they were, how good looking I thought they were, and where they were on the social strata in certain ways. It was such a mind effing, I mean, it's high school. And it's all simplified in the movies, in this like, you know, the jocks and the freaks and the stunners and the gay, blah, blah, blah. And, and it kind of was that way, but it really, it just, it, life is so complex that way at that age. And some of the girls that I wanted to go out with, and, and bless them, oftentimes ones that really wouldn't have anything to do with me because they knew kind of what was going on, my interest in them, as sincere as it was, it wasn't based on anything real. Because I didn't know them at all. Really. I mean, a couple of girls that I asked out or made attempts to or whatever, maybe they, you know, I don't know. I mean, we were, we didn't know each other at all. And maybe that's one of the, like, the, the, the weird things about being a teenager at that age. You don't, you know, you don't get to know a girl a lot of times and then... Go. We used to call it going out. A lot of times you'd ask a girl to go out, and then you then you'd get to know her, kind of. Maybe. It's ridiculous, and I don't know if it's because we didn't date, classically like quote unquote date in those days. I'm sure that's all changed now. You could just I am the hell out of someone until you really got to know them, right? You could Facebook connect. You look at their pictures on Facebook, read all their, you, you, you know, every song they're listening to on the, you know, last FM and you read, follow their Twitter and follow their Facebook. Like, it's really probably much easier. Or not. Maybe you never get together. Maybe it's easier to get to know someone and harder to get someone to make out with you because you're never actually in the same room with them. I have no idea.
We're done. Aren't we done? Isn't this been enough? Anyway, look for look for a couple of guilt archive shows coming down the the old uh, pipelines. Because I feel I feel bad that I've just not. I I gotta. Uh, I don't know what to do. The kids are uh, you know the kids are up late and I got so much to do and I don't know how I, I don't know how these younger guys are doing it. All you got you know. All right, join me hey, if you want to kick the diet coke habit. Join me. Join me. I'm on day t- two. Two? Day two? <laughs> oh, wow. And I seriously, I seriously at noon, man, I gotta like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Dude, don't do it. Don't do it, dude. Alright, listen. Uh, email me or Twitter me or Facebook me or whatever uh, things to talk about next time because, um, you know, I'm getting lonely, I think is the problem, frankly. Okay, I'm getting lonely in here talking, talking and talking. I'm a guy, and yeah, uh, uh, uh. Okay, all right, thank you. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.